cover music and life Learn day and night and I grow Over all my family so they can thrive Welcome to the Remix the Dead Podcast Hey guys, how you doing today? This is Ryan Greenwood. I am Remix the Dad. I hope you guys are having a great day so far. What do you guys think of that uh, Super Bowl this weekend? Uh, it was kind of boring. Uh, even the com- a lot of the commercials were boring too. Um, I had more fun playing that flip game on the phone with my wife. Uh, <laughs> I think a lot of you guys know what that is. But uh, today I'm joined with an awesome dude. I've been following him for a little bit on uh, social media. Matt Woodrum. He has... Uh, podcast wrestling with fatherhood and he's from ohio i believe and yep. he's got he's just has a great spirit about him i'm looking at him right on camera and he just he just has a great smile and just a great spirit about him so hey man thank you so much and welcome to remix the dad how you doing today man man i'm doing great thank you so much for having me on oh uh, yeah thanks thanks for coming on man uh can you give us a snackable testimony or little little backstory about yourself yeah absolutely so the kind of 50,000 foot view of uh, who who I am is uh, so I was adopted when I was four years old right and I was adopted because of abuse neglect anything that you can kind of put under that umbrella happened to my sister and I a small example of that is that my first words were scooby-doo so I was yeah, put in front of a TV and, and forgot about and all that good fun stuff. I was adopted when I was four. When I was seven, my mom and the man that I call my dad uh, got a divorce. So he had a business and, and he ended up just walking off. Uh, he was a Vietnam vet, a lot of uh, mental stuff there. Some, you know, he didn't know how to love and, and different things. Uh, when I was 12, my dad ended up showing up for the first time in five years took my sister and I out to McDonald's. I still remember what we talked about. Uh, and then the next time I saw him was actually at his funeral. He actually ended up taking his own life in a church parking lot. So when I was 12 years old, um, my mom married my stepdad. My stepdad's a great, great Christian man. He's a, he's an elder in my home church, but we, we didn't really have that, that, that father and son relationship that I desired. Right. And so, you know, we looked through, things a lot of times th- through our own lens uh after high school which i, I barely kind of scraped by w- tried to go to college ended up failing out of college i wanted to go into youth ministry to help today's kids and yeah so i met my wife the very first thing i told my wife is that i am a complete failure i'm not someone that you want to get mixed up with uh my wife is somebody who's successful she uh She's, you know, you know, 3.7, 3.8 GPA, very good in school. I had just failed out. So I'm like, man, like, yeah, I'm not the guy that you want to get mixed up with. You know, I'm not as I'm not as smart as you. I'm not as good with you. I'm not I'm not as good with money as you. And my wife turned to me on that day. and She said, Matt, anyone who talks to you for five minutes can tell two things. I said, what's that? She goes that you're intelligent and that you're passionate. And I was like, Wow, like that's that's something I had I'd never really heard, and and especially from somebody who didn't have to say that. Like we weren't dating yet; we had just met, and I, I really kind of took that to heart. I went on and, and got my associate's degree in psychology, uh, and had I think it was just short of a three GPA, which was the best I'd had to that point. Uh, once I graduated with my my associates, uh, my wife and I were blessed with uh, two daughters. Uh, and then I went and I got my bachelor's degree in counseling. And then once I, I just graduated, uh, just shy of a year ago, and you know we were blessed with a, a third daughter. So I've got three daughters, uh, ages five. She'll be six next month. Four. She'll just turn four last month and uh six months so uh five four and six month old daughters i've been married for 11 years to that same woman who gave me uh you know courage and and you know encouragement and inspiration and you know she's been my support system she's been my rock second to you know to god himself it's been a phenomenal ride we've 
moved i think it's nine or ten different times in that 11 year span we've lived in five different states uh and so it's just been a, an awesome joyride that god has blessed us with and and uh you know, just life is fun uh and so uh, about a year, year and a half ago, I was, you know, I was going for my bachelor's in counseling and during this time I'm doing prison ministry. So I'm going into prisons, three men's prisons, one woman's prison. We can go into that a little bit more detail a little later if you want. Um, and I had a friend of mine say, Hey, if you're so passionate about this, this counseling thing, and you're so passionate about men and women, you should take a look at coaching. And I said, man, like what on earth is coaching? And they say, well, if counseling is taking a look at somebody's life and figuring out why they are the way that they are, so looking into your past, gathering information, and then coming up to a conclusion on why you are the way you are, coaching is taking you from where you're at and pushing somebody into the future. And I fell in love with that definition. I fell in love with the fact that it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter how many times you've screwed up. It doesn't matter what your, your family's history is. It doesn't matter if you've had a dad whether he was there physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, spiritually, that you have the power by yourself to change the fabric of your family's history. And so I fell in love with that. I fell in love with the idea of uh, changing and understanding, encouraging, inspiring, helping men to understand their strengths, understand their value in the family, accomplish their goals, and live out their dreams. And when we do that, it's phenomenal because we can implement that into our sons and daughters and when we do that our daughters are going to understand hey i don't have to go and wear this this can be clothes to get people's attention that i can be smart i've got these awesome characteristics i can be the next president of the united states i can be the next big ceo i can find a cure for cancer i can be the first woman to walk on mars and so when we understand as men what our role is in the family and how valuable we are we can change the very fabric of our family's history. Dude, let's just end it right <laughs> there, man. Bringing the heat already, man. I love it. I love it. Dude, I just, I just, do you see this big old smile on my face? I just, I have nothing else to say, man. <laughs> I understand. Like, I get cold chills when, when we understand these these facts you know uh, another small fact about you i told you i i did prison ministry and one of the things i figured out and learned is that 88 percent of our men and women that are in prison grow up without a dad or at least without a good male role model and what that means is that if we put dads back into the home if we put good dads back in the home if as dads, we understand this value that we bring to our family and our value is not in how much money we can bring home Yes, that's important. Our value is not, uh, you know, how big our truck is. Yeah, that's important. Our value is not who wins the Super Bowl. Okay, that's not as important. <laughs> but our value is that when we get home, what we do from those hours of, you know, five or six to nine o'clock, when our children are awake and we're spending time with them, we're learning with them, we're, we're encouraging them to be creative, we are uh, just showing them that they're strong that they have strength that they have value that they're important and when we do that we can change we can change the world we can change we can put you know there, there's so many different things out there right now about poverty you know and a lot of people who are in poverty grew up not understanding their value not understanding you know these different principles that i'm talking about their their goals their dreams their strengths their again their value and when we do that as men when we do that and we push and we help our children to understand these things we can put the poverty system out of business we can put the prison system out of business you know i told you earlier 88 percent of our prison system is made up of people men and women that grew up without a dad that means 12 percent of people are there and maybe they had a great dad and, and let's say i'm half wrong half wrong is that means 44 percent. we can take the population that is homeless and in prisons and cut that number in half imagine what that could do for you know not only our, our economy but once we understand this idea of great fatherhood 
we literally can change the world. We can, and that's going to go all the way down from from the poverty level, and that'll go clear up into politics. You know, if you don't like different things that are going, and and, and thank the good Lord, I'm not a an expert in politics, and this isn't a politics show, but you know, putting dads in the home changes the very fabric of our political system, and so. You know, as as men, we need to understand this this value, this you know, an, an insane amount of credibility, value, uh, weight that we carry with each member of our family. Good. I'm already getting ideas for other shows. I got I got to get, get you back, uh, and I have a couple people I want to hook you up with. Um, Man, dang, whew, that's a lot, that's, that's a lot man, I, I love it though, man, I, I love it, I'm gonna have to go back through and take take more notes and pick out what you're saying, man, oh, whew, uh, <laughs> so uh, this this is a, like I told you before, uh, we talk about music and life and everything in between, we got a lot of life and in between in there, let's talk a little <laughs> bit of music now, uh, awesome, who would be your uh, favorite uh, band or artist? Man, that's such a good question. I, you know, I, I listen to music based on my mood. Uh, so I, I'm usually a, a hard rock guy. Uh, you know, the the group that I probably listen to the most is a group by the name of Skillet. Uh, you know, they have some phenomenal songs. They have some encouraging songs. They have some uplifting songs. Uh, and yeah, so I, I would say Skillet uh, NF, who is a rapper, is a uh, yeah great quality person. Um, yeah, I mean it, it just it really depends on my my mood. Toby Max really good. Uh, if I'm feeling like I am not looking for the encouragement, uplifting kind of Christian music. Uh, which none of the guys I just mentioned are the, like they they don't sound quote unquote Christian, but um, yeah, I mean, I, like I just I listen to a little bit of everything. Um, I had a friend who had Disturbed on the other day, and and uh, you know I I you know Disturbed is probably my my uh, my guilty pleasure. So yeah, it's hard rock uh, mostly, and just kind of whatever I'm in the mood for. Yeah, I, I like I like Skillet and uh, NF and. Little, little bit of Toby Mac here and there. He's, he's a little bit too poppy for me sometimes. Yeah. But uh, I, I definitely, definitely like uh, NF. I gotta listen to him in uh, small doses sometimes because if I, if I have too much of him, I'm like, I'm all hyped up. I'm like, I had like four energy <laughs> drinks and stuff. Uh, Man, I, yeah, I definitely hear that. Uh, if you want some good Toby Mac stuff, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of a lot of his earlier stuff. Um, so, uh, Extreme Days was a really good one. Momentum was a, a really good song. Um, I'm a huge fan. I love the song Tonight, which, you know, has Toby Mac and Skillet. Uh, let's see here. Um, there's a song called The Slam that has Toby Mac and T-Bone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know, uh, so, T-Bone was originally with, uh, uh, he was originally a secular artist with, um... Like Ice Cube and uh, Lynch Mob. I I did not know that. And he uh, he he did his transition and stuff because I, I remember seeing him in a music video with the Lynch Mob and stuff. And then I remember seeing him on uh, whatever Christian music video station. I was like, whoa! I had to do a double take, man. It was it was crazy. Well, like, I know I've seen him on, you know, so I, I've listened to several of his CDs, and I'll look up these these other artists that he's got on a CD, so, you know, KRS-One, uh, for example, and I looked up his CD, and, you know, I, and, you know it had the, the parental advisor, and I'm like, oh, wow, and, uh, but, like, it's really cool to see how T-Bone's been able to take his gift and just kind of kind of spread it all over and and you know he's not afraid to kind of walk that line at different times that's kind of that's kind of how i feel about uh guys like andy minio and like propaganda and stuff too man they're they uh and even uh even lecrae he's he he had his set kind of ways kind of like the 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 cross movement i don't know if you ever heard of <laughs> yeah heard, heard of them 
they went from the cross movement to to like the Jesus music to like okay well this is this is what it is this is my testimony this is, life is hard life life sucks sometimes but you know what there's victory uh, have you heard uh, uh Trip Lee's victory uh, or not yes yeah yeah that that song but that whole album it it had gotten me through some some hard times man yeah yeah lecrae and uh you know again you know nf are i i love the 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 thing that separates them out from a lot of other people you know especially when you start looking at the christian market is that you know lecrae and nf are very like in your face they're very raw and they're very real and you know like you said sometimes you have to listen to those guys in some small doses because you're like oh man like that that you know that hit me that you know i need to take some time and reflect and and you know what do i do now with that information have you heard uh words played i have not he uh, uh he is hilarious man he it, it's just fun it's he did a he did a album with andy minio and um it was uh magic and bird it's and somebody asked okay. somebody asked them they're, Sounds like, familiar. they're like yeah so uh what's what was the influence behind the album what what did you intend for it and there was just a fun workout just just a just a party album and <laughs> there's a there's a little bit of like theology and a little bit of like encouraging in there but it's just mostly just like okay we're just gonna hang out and it's a fun <laughs> it's a fun album but then words played he came out with a couple little uh, eps that i really enjoy because they're just because he 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 is what his name says words play he, he plays around with words and just beats and just kind of has some off offhand like just just topics that he talks about and i'm like oh wow so it, that's another one i just recommend if you just want to have fun i will have to check him out so, well what would be your uh, go-to album your favorite album uh, my go-to album is probably um a hero from skillet uh has some has some really great things um, and then the next uh, CD that Skillet did uh, was really good. Uh, you know, again, they're they're easily my favorite band. I had a, I've actually had a chance to meet them. Uh, I've met everyone except for John Cooper, uh, which that was kind of disappointing. But I got to meet one of my other favorite bands, lead singers, which is uh, Thousand Foot Crutch, and so I got to meet uh, Trevor from that at a uh, a concert that I was actually doing event security for. Nice. Nice. So you did uh, you did event security for a little bit? Yeah. So uh, you know, one of those nine or ten moves, I can't remember exactly what, but uh, I had uh, two different jobs, and we were living in Nashville, and so I I worked as a receptionist at a like an agape counseling type center. You got uh, you know it, it was it was a lot of fun, and then I worked event security for the municipal, and we did a couple other plays or other play uh areas and so like i've done security for uh allison chains i've done uh security for uh probably the the weirdest wildest show was uh murder dolls which is kind of a, a an offbeat of slipknot oh, okay. um and uh alice cooper was there and Rob Zombie and it was their Halloween show and so that was that was a really interesting show to to work and it's still, it was still a lot of fun like I I'm I'm an old school like Rob Zombie fan yeah. and and very gifted artist uh, and then so yeah my last show that I did was actually uh, Theory of a Dead Man uh, Skillet uh, Hailstorm and Stone Sour and so I had a chance to meet. Uh, Corey from Stone Sour and Slipknot. I had a chance to meet all the guys from Skillet, which was awesome. And and I actually positioned myself between the stage and the crowd, so I got like a front row seat. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I I, uh, I did a uh, did a little bit of a uh, little bit of event security myself. Uh, so I got to, I got to meet like Rob Thomas from uh, Matchbox Twenty. Really cool yeah. guy, man. Really cool guy. He came, he, cause and he he saw me on the side of the stage, just kind of dancing to the music, cause I used to listen to it growing up. 
uh, every once in a while. And he, yeah, he comes over and, hey, man, how you doing? We, we talk for a little bit. So definitely. I'll definitely. tell you, it, it, yeah, that was, that was a fun job. Uh, so I, I mentioned I met Corey, Corey Taylor uh, from Slipknot, from uh, Stone and Sour. And uh, it was funny because, like, I met him. I didn't recognize who he was. And I was like, hey, man, how you doing? And, and got to shake his hand. And, and you know, we had some good small talk. And he was like, oh, man, like, you know, I better go ahead and get ready for the show. And I was like, okay, man, you know, have fun uh, and then enjoy. Like, I thought he was one of the back, you know, crew. And one of my buddies comes up and he goes, dude, you, you know who that was, right? Like, no, who, who was it? They said, Corey Taylor. I know that name. Where do I know that name? They're like, he's the lead guy for Stone Sour and Slipknot. And he's like, you were just like hanging out and talking to him for like five to ten minutes. I'm like, oh, dude, like that's (laughs) that's really cool. And, uh, you know, he's a really good guy. I've actually got friends who have toured with uh, with him. And they've talked about how just nice of a guy he is, how legit he he really is. Nice, nice. Now, what would I'm going to narrow it down. What would be like your go to song? Oh man! So uh, this my a, go-to this song is it, it's probably one of two, and that, again from Skillet. Uh, the first one is "I Need a Hero." That's something I've I've resonated with, especially with the whole fatherhood past, and you know it's you know crying out, "Hey, like I need a hero," and you know I just I I love that song. The other song is. Oh man, it's kind of escaping me right now. Um, it is. Oh, it's on that same CD. I'm going to be aggravated at myself as soon as I figure out exactly what that song is. Uh, uh, Monster's a great song. Uh, yeah, I'm actually looking it up right now. I'm trying to read really quick while I'm talking. That doesn't always go well. Um, uh, awake and alive that's what it is uh, awake so you know i'm awake i'm alive and uh just chugging away and, and i love that because you know it kind of has a couple of different messages it's one is saying hey you know what I'm, i can be in the world uh I, you know i don't have to conform to what everyone else is saying so it's my life i'm going to live it my way and, and I love that. And then it's, you know, it's also talking about, like, I find that really inspiring, really encouraging that we don't have to mold ourselves with what everyone else is doing, what the world is doing, especially when, you know, bringing it back to the realm of fatherhood, right? So, you know, when we look at the media, when we look at, you know, these different things, uh, you know, it's really difficult to find those, those great dads. And so when I listen to the song Awaken Alive, I know I don't have to follow what the media says as a dad, you know, the over aggressive dad or the dad who's like, hey, yeah, you can do whatever you want, sweetie. I'm not going to stop you. Uh, I want you to find and discover yourself. And so, like, I love that impression. <laughs> and, so, and so, you know, the, the, the awakening alive is, is powerful and it's saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to stand where I need to and I'm going to. You know, I'm going to be able to direct. I'm going to lead my life, and and I'm going to raise you know my children the way that they uh, that they need to be raised. And so it's it's a phenomenal song. Uh, at least again, the way it resonates with me is that I don't have to uh, compromise the way I'm doing things, and and my children, and and, and all these other things. And it, it's just encouraging, uplifting, just. Uh, Love it. Uh, I guess my probably third one, and I know you only asked for one. My third one is a uh, kind of a classic, I guess. Uh, Fireproof by Pillar. Uh, wow, I haven't heard. Uh, yeah, wow. yeah, it's, it, yeah. I mean, it's not like a 1950s classic. It's yeah, 19 probably mid late 90s. Yeah. Uh, and I actually got to meet the guys from Pillar. Uh, when they put out that first CD, we were at a, the Alive Festival, and I got a chance to talk to them, and uh, just really awesome, down-to-earth guys. And, but I love that song, Fireproof. And you know, if you haven't heard it, go check it out. And it's all about, you know, there, there's so many things that are thrown at us. You know, take today's culture. You know, it's all thrown at us and stuff. And you know, we can be fireproof. We can go through the flames of life of society. And they don't have to compromise who we are. 
Dude. Well, one, yeah, I haven't, I haven't heard <laughs> Pillar's name get brought up in years. Which, thanks for, <laughs> thanks for uh, aging me a little bit. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I, 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 Pillar's, Pillar's one of those, whew. like the old goodies. Like yeah. I, I, I love Pillar's. Uh, like they, they've got great music. Anything that they put out is almost always gold. Uh, and just. Uh, again, just encouraging, uplifting, and, and just some powerful songs. And then also, man, what you were talking about, just but kind of busting out of that norm of like being a the the uh, way society portrays fathers now, man. That's pretty much what Remix the Dad podcast is all about. Just you can have fun, you can you can be yourself, you can have that identity. Because I lost my identity a long time ago in in a like worth and spiritual sense i didn't know who i was until i actually started going through a lot of the men's groups and dad's groups and really digging into god's word um and really hitting that fire it was like okay this is this is what i needed to get rid of this is what i needed to keep this is what i needed to refine this is what yep and man just i i'm, I'm loving this conversation um <laughs> Cause yeah, did you uh, did you ever at any point um, kind of in your, that transition be- between becoming single, uh, a husband, and then also a father, kind of lose your lo- felt like you lost your identity and bec- and felt more of like a robot than than a, than a human being. Yeah, so yeah, I know I, I know exactly kind of what you're talking about. And so for me, it was more you know I had gotten married. I had gotten married to. Yeah, my, my wife is incredible. She's she's so special, she's so encouraging, so supportive. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying that to suck up. She's not in the room. I have no All idea right. if she'll ever listen to this podcast. Uh, but you know, she's she's so encouraging, so supportive, and she's she's got her life together. So I'm definitely like the free spirit. If you've ever heard of Dave Ramsey and and the way he calls people who who are, are just kind of impulsive and and kind of fly the seat of your pants type of people. Uh, you know, that's that's very, very much me. And and so when I got married to her, you know, I had to kind of level myself down and not knowing where I came from and, and my identity again because of my past story. Uh, you know, I still held a lot of anger towards my dad. And so I was like, dude, like I just got married. Like the next step is having kids. And I don't know what type of dad I'm going to be. I don't know if my attitude, my emotions towards my dad is going to do me and my kids any favors. I said, you know, the one thing I had promised is I was going to be a better dad than what my dad ever was. And so I remember I was, we were doing a, I were, I was doing event security and I was walking around the Nashville, uh, municipal building. And I remember looking up and I saw on the Bridgestone arena, they were having, or they were sponsoring the, uh, you know, one of those child sponsor type things, uh, compassion, world vision, something like that. And I remember sitting there and going, okay, man, like my wife and I have, have, have mentioned and we've talked about the idea of adopting. How can I be a good dad if I'm holding all this anger and frustration over my own dad? And I remember at that point looking up and saying, dad, I forgive you. And to kind of like, then I was like, you know, dad, I forgive you. God, I'm sorry for carrying this grudge and being so mad at my dad for so many years. And, you know, so I think that that really kind of started me on this this awesome path. And then a couple years later, my wife told me that she was pregnant with our first firstborn. And I actually went and I did a week at church camp. And when I came home, there was a huge storm that knocked out the power. And I said, uh, okay, sweetie, uh, Jocelyn, her name's Jocelyn. Um, I have something I need to do and in order for me to be a great dad, this is something that I need to do. You do not have to come with me. You can, it's completely up to you, but I need to do this. I told you my, my dad had taken his own life. He did that in 2001. Uh, I heard that she was, she told me she was pregnant in 2012. So we're looking at about 11 years later. And I had never visited my dad's cemetery. Uh, you know, his, his gravesite or anything like that. And so, uh, for the first time in 11 years, I went and I visited my dad's, my dad's tombstone and 
I remember the like the first things I said to my dad are, "Dad, I've I've got an amazing wife. She's so special. She's such an awesome person, and she you would love her. Uh, she's she's got a heart of gold. She's very special." And the second thing I said is, "Dad, my my wife is pregnant with your grand uh, with your grandchild, and you're never going to meet them, and that is your fault." And like I, I, I went off. Uh, my my wife ended up. She did come with me. It was about an hour and a half trip, and she came with me. And she sat in the car, and I was out there for probably forty five minutes to an hour. And she said she had never seen such a wide range of emotions come from me. I was mad at points. I was on my knees at points. I was punching the ground uh, to the point where she had asked me if I had actually broken my fingers. And yeah, she's like, there was a couple of times that you, you know, that you laughed. There was a couple of times that you were just crying, and you know, you could have completely let loose. And when I got back into the car after that, I had felt this enormous weight off my shoulders. So it was almost like when I was walking in and doing the municipal auditorium, uh, walking around and, and forgave my dad. I had finally let go of that last piece when that happened, and it was so ins- it was insanely freeing. And I believe that that it was the moment that uh, you know I became that better man. That I kind of found my identity, and I understood that my identity wasn't caught up in the mistakes that my dad had made. That I could be a new man. I could be a new person. I could be a person that could pour into my kids and that I could love my kids, spend time with them, my kids. And, you know, the other thing that I would say that really helped with my identity, as I told you earlier, that my dad was a Vietnam vet. And so that really messed with his mind. So he had gone and he had seen action. He had come home. And, you know, if you know anything about Vietnam, like they were not welcomed home. And so, that, like again, that just really messed with your mind. And so as I understood that, Whenever I would see somebody who was in the military or, you know, wearing the military hats, I would go up and I would shake their hand. I would say, hey, man, thank you so much for your service. Um, I really appreciate that. And they would always say, hey, like, thank you. Like, were you in the service? I said, no, like my dad was in the army. And okay, well, you know, thank him for his service. I said, well, unfortunately, he took his life back in 2001. And so these men. These military men and women would come up and, and they would start sharing with me their stories. And what was awesome about that it, is it was so healing because I felt like I was talking to my dad and understanding some of the things and some of the psychological warfare that he had gone through. And it was so like I, I, I've gained a, a, a respect for the military that I never had. I, I respect the fact that my dad went and he sacrificed everything for his family. Like that doesn't say what he did was good and right and stuff like that. But I have such a respect for you know his sacrifice now and, and being in the military. And so like going through that and that entire process, just understanding forgiveness and, and what it did for me really brought me into who I was that I did not have to identify myself as the son of a failure I didn't have to identify myself as a son of you know someone who wasn't there for my family instead I got to make the calls for my own family I could be the dad that I never had I could be and give my girls the dad that is present and that loves them and that hugs them, that kisses them, that, that tells them how, you know, daily, multiple times a day, how valuable and how much they're loved by me. And so, you know, I would definitely challenge anyone who is listening that if you have that, there's, there's boulders that are on your shoulders and I know what those feel like and they're, they're heavy. If you have them on, figure out how you take those boulders off your shoulders. And a lot of times that will start with forgiveness. Dude, I want to get you linked up with a couple of my buddies that I know who have military uh, podcasts, um, and one guy who start who wants to start one because uh, we were talking about that yesterday. Um, uh, man, <laughs> heavy stuff, man. Thank you so much, and you you've answered 
pretty much answered most of the questions. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm dude. Thank you so much. I'm enjoying this, man. I'm I'm enjoying just hearing you talk. Oh, yeah, you know, you know thanks for having me on, and, and you know, let me know how I can how I can serve you, how I can serve your audience, how I can serve those those, those couple of guys who are wanting to start a podcast and who already have one. Uh, you know, my my mission in life <clears throat> is to help as many people as I can, Amen. and you know, if I can do that, then you know the 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 the, the big message I think that. <clears throat> What we as men forget so many times and so often is that everything that we say and everything that we do absolutely matters in our children's lives. Everything that we don't say and everything we don't do absolutely matters in our children's lives. And so, you know, we, we have such a profound, like everything I'm doing right now is because of a man that I knew for three years. You know, I'm 34 years old right now. He was in my life for three years, and he changed my life. And you know, as as men, we need to understand that. My stepdad, he's he's a great guy. We've got you know a good relationship now, and everything that he's done has changed my life. And uh, if if you are if you're a stepdad, you know, I'll, I'll talk to our, our stepdads that are listening for here for a second. Um, I have a, a terminology that I, I actually don't like this, the term step parent because uh, it implies that you are not as important as somebody else. What I like to call you as, as step parents for any step parents who are listening and uh, you are what I call second chance parents. And what I mean by that is you are the key. You are the ticket to giving those children the second chance that their dad did not give to them. And so, you know, if you're if you're a second chance parent, do it. Go all in. Like I, I understand. I like I'm one of them that that did not understand what my stepdad was doing until I was an adult. If you are a second chance parent, go all in. Do everything that you can to show and to to example, to to love your wife, to show them you know, show your wife how, how special she is, how, how cherished she is, because your kids are watching. Whether they, they quote-unquote like you or not, they're watching that. And then offer, and, and not offer to sit here and say, okay, hey, kids, like, let's go and do something I want to do. Find out what your kids are interested in. If they're interested in playing video games, sit down and play an hour of video games with them. Find out what game they like, not necessarily what you like. If they like to, you know, if they're involved in sports and you're not, go out. Ask them questions. We'll give them a chance to communicate with you and talk to you. And it's so, you know, this, it, it's so incredibly important. And again, that's why I call you a second chance parent. You're not irrelevant. You're not unimportant. You're not unvaluable. But I would say you're actually a little bit more valuable. Because you're the one who gives second chances. You know, you watch movies, you watch, and you see, you know, ball games. You know, you watch uh, sports games. And a second chance is usually what makes all the difference. Take a look at what Super Bowl game was. I think it was the Patriots playing against uh, Falcons, if I remember yeah, right. Yeah. A couple years ago. And the Falcons got a second chance. And by goodness, they won. They took that second chance. They ran with it, and they changed NFL history. Now, whether you're in an interested in NFL and football, that doesn't really matter. What does matter here is that second chance that you're giving to those children. Good. Good. <laughs> I'm going to have to have you back on, man. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, I'm going to ask you, uh, let's go two more questions. Uh, yeah. Um, so, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of, yeah, I'll do this one first. So, if somebody was to write a biography about your life, what would the title be? Man, that's a, that's a, <laughs> that, that's a tough question. Um, the title of my biography would probably be something to the effect of never give up. 
because there's there's been a, I, I've had so many different chances to give up. I've had so many chances to sit here and and settle for you know what I thought the bar was right. And so you know don't ever give up. Like you know I I, I I'll be honest and frank with you. I barely passed high school, and I think that that was due to a lot of different issues. But if I would have given up and not, you know, accomplished college, you know, I would have gone and I probably would have gone into fast food or something like that. Not that there's anything wrong with fast food, but you will never meet your potential unless you raise that bar. And so follow, understand where that bar is, where it, where, where it is, raise it a little bit. You go up, you start hitting that bar, raise the roof a little bit, go up, grab that brass ring keep on raising that bar to where you think you're capable of you know i've got a friend of mine uh his name's kent julian and and he has a uh an equation for you and your listeners here's a, a great bit of gold this equation hold up, hold up, hold up. let me get some let, let, <laughs> gotta write it down <laughs> this uh this equation let me know when you're ready good uh this equation is e plus r equals o now, this is so important, and the reason it's important is because that E stands for the events in your life or the environment that you're raised in. And these are the things you cannot control. So I could not control my dad leaving. I could not control my parents getting a divorce. I could not control who my mom got married to. I could not control when I walked into the, the office of the administrator of the college and he says, Matt, I'm sorry you're no longer welcome here. These are events that we cannot control. Now that O stands for outcome. And so often we live as if the events and the environment that we're brought up into equal our outcome. <clears throat> and so what that looks like is that, you know, when I did prison ministry, they would say stuff like, you know, I was brought up in a drug infested neighborhood. So what was I to do except for getting the drugs? I had no money. And so you know, I, I knew that, you know, alcohol was there and I was able to go and drink and, and do stuff. <clears throat> so many people live this idea of our events or our environment equal whatever our outcome was. Man, I grew up without a dad and so I have no choice but to be a bad dad myself. And they use that as an excuse saying, hey, I didn't have a great dad, so I've got to follow suit. Now, what that does is it turns you into a victim. It turns you into somebody who is powerless to your environment or to your circumstance. Now, when I first started talking about this, there's another part of that equation. It's E plus R. See, your the, the R here stands for your response or your response able. Now, what that means is the R is the things that you can control. You can control your mindset you can control what you think of different uh different events in your life if you're, if you're traveling down the interstate and you get a flat tire you've got a couple of different choices you can turn around beat the holy heck out of your car and be so mad and, and and stuff like that or you can look and try to look for the opportunities that it uh that it provides i'm someone who i believe that everything happens for a reason and so when you look at stuff and I look at, you know, for example, my story and, and, you know, my dad leaving, I was very bitter. I was very angry about that. I allowed my environment to control my outcome. But the second I started taking control of my reaction, the second I started taking control of my responsibility, my life changed. You know, I, I said earlier that I had failed out of a couple of colleges uh, you know, I graduated with my associates with just under a 3.0 GPA. The last five semesters of my bachelor's program, I had a 3.5 or better every semester. And so once we understand that we are response-able or that we are responsible for our reactions, we can change our own life. We can change our family. We can change our family's history. Good. I don't even have to say it again. <laughs> uh, next question will be, man, uh, we kind of talked about this um, offhand uh, relation, like cartoon relation or superhero relation. Who can you relate to the most? 
we're, we're about the we're about the same age, so. Oh, I, the the character that I I probably relate to the most, and uh, uh, the the number one guy I would have to say is is uh, Peter Parker from Spider Man. Uh, it's probably actually who I relate to the most. You know his, uh, you know he had a, a good set of you know, not quite his parents become his parents, and then he lost the person who was closest to him. And he learned an extremely valuable lesson, and that is with great power comes great responsibility. It's something that has almost become cliche, and, you know, it, it shouldn't be because every single person, you know, anyone who's listening, anyone who will listen, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's, you know, 50 years from now, we each have a power within. You know, whether you're, you know, whether you're a believer or not, we all have a power to affect the people who are around us. That person walking down the street you have a power not over them but you can make a difference in their life simply a lot of times by smiling that's one of the things that psychology has shown us you see the homeless guy on the street you can make a small difference and i'm not saying give away all your money or something like that but what about going and buying them a hamburger and bringing it back and and making that small difference you know we don't know his circumstance we don't know his uh you know what what happened in different things we were talking earlier about, and for anyone who's not watching the video, you know, you've got two Ninja Turtles right above your head and then the mask kind of right behind you on a dry erase board. And we were talking about the relation that we kind of understand, and, and Ninja Turtles will probably be my, my second character that I relate to the most. You know, a lot of times we live our life and our circumstances as Raphael. So we've got an attitude about it. We're, we're disappointed about how things go. But... We have a couple. Oh, that's awesome! I, I just want to point that out. That is awesome. I'm a little jealous right now. He's showing his Ninja Turtle collection, um, and so you know, a lot of times we live our life as as Raphael. When things come at us, when when stuff hits the fan, you know, we get an attitude about it, we get mad about it, and, and we're disappointed, and we chase the people around us that we care about the most. We chase them away. Lo- love the dog there. I uh, oh, and sorry. Uh, you know, so many times we don't take the stuff at us and turn it into something good, which is how I would describe uh, Michelangelo. You know, that's how I that's how I want to live my life right now. That's how I want to, you know, that's how I kind of want other people to see me. Is I want people to see me as somebody who, uh, you know, as life comes at them, I turn it around and I use it for something good. You know, my goal in, in my business and in my life is to impact one million men. You know, one million dads men that can make a difference um you know i used to talk to the uh the the men in the prison ministry and and i would tell them you know hey like how many of you men can uh take a leadership role in your house your homes right now nobody would raise their hand and i said that's that's funny because i would disagree with you and they're like what what are you talking about we're in here they're out there like you know what can we do and i said you know being a leader is simply somebody who is you know like a servant leader and i said so you know one of the things that you guys can always do is you guys can always write notes to your uh to your kids and you know to your wife to your ex-wife and and explain to them what prison is doing for you not to you for you and change that attitude change your mindset change that mentality and i said the other thing that you guys can always do and, and i said you guys might do it already every day and they're like what's that and i said you can always take a knee and pray for them. you can always take a knee and pray for the people that you've left behind showing that you want god to take control of your family of your life of your children and you know there, there's small things that we can do each and every single day that just can uplift our wife that can uplift our children and uh you know make that difference and so you know getting back to your question you know turning those life events into something that you know that are good that are educational that are you know just you know not necessarily a party but like taking it and and enjoying it and that's what i kind of see michelangelo as somebody as somebody who as life comes at him he enjoys it he turns it into something good um and yeah so yeah i Number two is easily probably my, uh, you know, the, the Ninja Turtles there. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, man, I want to respect your time for today. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I, I appreciate you, and I want I want to get you back on and link you up with those people. 
Um, I'm going to have to go back and listen to it like three or four times. Pick, <laughs> pick stuff out, man. But thank you so much, man. I love your energy. I just I, I love your passion. I, I love all the wisdom bombs that you're dropping, man. Thank you. Thank you so much. Is there any uh, place on online people can uh, find you and find your resources and stuff? Uh, yeah, so if you jump on my, my website, uh, my website is www.fatherhood.com. That stands for Wrestling With Fatherhood. So again, that's www.fatherhood.com. Uh, you know, I have a, a podcast. That podcast is called Wrestling With Fatherhood. Um, you know, every single one of my podcasts are, you know, they're interviews. They're, they're gold nuggets that you know, people have come and they, they've given to me. Um, you know, you can look me up on Facebook. I'm all over Facebook. I've got a couple of uh, men's groups that I'm leading. Uh, there's one called Summit of Fatherhood, S-U-M-M-I-T of Fatherhood. And that's just kind of a group of guys getting together and encouraging and inspiring one another. Uh, the other one is, and it's not as active, and that's because this last several months were kind of difficult, but I'm getting uh, back into the swing of things. Uh, and that's called, and that one's Wrestling with Fatherhood. So, you know, I'm all over I'm all over online. Jump on my website, www.fatherhood.com. Check out my podcast. Again, it's Wrestling with Fatherhood. Um, and yeah, so I, this is the energy, the fun, the enjoying life, the turning something negative into a positive. I mean, that's that's what I'm all about. Dude, thank you so much, man. Like I said, we got to get we got to get you back, and I, and I I can't wait to get on yours, man. Thank you so much. Man, it sounds like a plan, and, and yeah, man, just let me know how I can serve you, your audience, uh, and, and help out your friends. So, Cool, cool. All right, guys, thank you so much. Uh, it's, it's been an awesome day. It's been an awesome time. Uh, hit us up. Let, let us know what you think, and leave us a rating and review on iTunes, and definitely go check out Matt's podcast. You, you, you're not going to regret it. All right, see you guys.